They just there's no intro. There just isn't one. No. You you can't move along. Yeah. I mean we should this is just a Friday night thing now, right? You're my new Friday night thing. Sure, why not? Yeah. It's our regular it's starting to be regular. <laughs> maybe maybe not. I don't maybe know. energy's a little low on Friday. I don't who, know. who could say? <laughs> We're not doing anything anyway. Uh, yeah. I was I thinking guess. about it. We could. I yeah. mean, you can, you can go out. Yeah, you can go out. Now, it's quote unquote safe. <laughs> Is it safe? Um, a lot of movie references. Uh, movie I, show. I I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, like you're definitely increasing your. There's there's a risk that you'll, yes. you'll get coronavirus unless you stay in your home and don't see anybody. But then it comes in through the air conditioner. Whoa. You don't understand. Whoa. And and then Q gives it to you. No, wait. What? Pick a better letter. Why Q? We've got, we're, we're lousy. We're stacked up with Qs and entertainment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why the Q? Trek shouldn't have done it. It yeah. was already sp- spoken for. Yeah. In the 50s. Or is that a movie thing? Bad James Bond I, fan. I don't know. Wow. The point is, uh, word from the CDC today, uh, anybody's only last three months. Remember how I was saying yes. before? I don't think on yes. this show, but how we just don't have the data. Yeah. Well, guess what? Science is experiments plus time, isn't it? And that equals yep. data. And now we have the data. Three months. It's not a very long time. And I can't. I can't get it again. <laughs> you I, know? I know. Yeah, I can't go back to jail. No. Uh, I can't get it again. I'll die. So yeah. maybe we will just do this. Uh, every Friday night from now on. <laughs> and and uh, order food in uh, and not go out. But then it gets on the food. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't, like, just live your life afraid, right? I mean, that's no way to <laughs> well, live. Whoa, we got an anti-masker here, folks. That is not. Why did you change your name That is to not what I said. Meet Karen. Shut up. Don't call me a Karen. It's so funny how, like, every... Every inch, every molecule of land is a battlefield in the culture war. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We can't even make fun of like mean, uh, you know, uh, expectant uh, ladies who want to see a manager. Now that's... Mean expectant white ladies who want to see a manager. All right. <laughs> I wasn't making it a racial thing. Eh. It's just like people, entitled people who like, look, wait your turn. There's a thing at the with that gives the paper tickets at the deli. We did talk about this on an earlier show mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. So just wait. Yeah. And you know what? I this isn't Karen Mart. This is Kmart. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. the K stands for. So I'm sorry we don't have it, and we'll order it, and we'll or we'll tell you where another store is. But what, what, what the heck? Yeah, we're all just human beings. Mm-hmm. If I asked you to do six backflips right now, you'd say. <laughs> Sure, I'm Jackie Chan. And I was like, no, I thought I was talking to Karen. <laughs> and then six backflips. And uh, look who got served. Yeah. Uh, we'll save that for later. Um, okay, sounds good. Well, you finally lost the toss, or should I say one. So I get to go <laughs> first. You do get to go first. Yeah. And Tell us what your movie is. I will. My movie is Trans. Sorry. The Transformers. Yeah, that the is important. Yeah, this is before Sean Parker, you know, really told us what what it was with articles. <laughs> From the year 1986. Yes. And it is a film and it's about well, that's not my job. Oh boy. It's not um, my job. The Transform so this takes the show's been on the air for like about 2 years. Uh and uh the Transformers are the good guys, and um, they're robots in disguise. Transformers and... are not all the good guys. That is incorrect. What do you mean? I I didn't say there weren't other good guys. No. <laughs> do, come on, keep it together. Do your job. The auto. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. The Autobots are the good guys. Okay. The Decepticons you don't know are the bad guys. The letters guys. we'll get, so I'm just making sure. Okay, right, go ahead. Yeah, and the Decepticons are the bad guys. The Decepticons have um, class. Well, okay, so the <laughs> style. Yeah, well, the they were on Earth and they were fighting on Earth, but the Decepticons. I don't know how long. Anyways, at the beginning of the film, okay. ha, they have taken <laughs> over the Autobots' home planet, which is called what? It's the Transformers home planet. Oh, 
They're all from there. Oh, okay. And we never, well, they kicked the Autobots out for some reason. And we ne- well, they don't like them. We, they don't we like never them. get a real solid line, as far as I know, at least not you know in, in non-extended media, about the class or race divisions. Maybe it's in the new War for Cybertron series, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. We're on a kind of Transformers kick. Are they different races? Or are they different species? Well, what? one thing that you and I have talked about is that... Robot racism? Well, a little bit. But that most of the Decepticons <laughs> can, like, fly. And so maybe they think they're they're superior. It's, it's ableism. Yeah. Transformers is a robot ableism parallel. There you go. Um, so that's basically what's going on. Um, they send... Uh, and the Autobots are on two of the planet's moons, and they're they're trying to uh, they're 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 rallying the troops, and they're they're getting themselves ready to launch a fight to you know be able to be back on the planet, you know, and fight the Decepticons. Uh, the Decepticons find out about this, uh, and there are a series of multiple attacks. There are a large amount of quali- uh, qu- uh, qualities. There are a large amount of um, uh, casualties on uh, the Autobot side, and a lot of named Autobots are killed at the very beginning of the film. Ah, uh, you forgot there were Autobots. Stop pretending like you care about them. <laughs> uh, what? Anyways, um... There are about maybe 45, 50 lines of dialogue in this film, and somehow you've stretched it out for five minutes so let's let's bring it home. okay and and the, the biggest death is of course optimus prime and he you know is their fearless leader and he um passes on um their what is it called again is the macguffin of leadership yes uh, the, the matrix of leadership yeah and he he pla- passes it on to ultra uh ultra matrix is that his name what is his name? Magnus. Act Ultra Magnus. His name Sorry. literally means super great. Okay. <laughs> um, a lot of other things happen. There's a lot of fighting, um, and not much of a plot. Um, well, not when you tell it like that. Jeez, will you tell it better then? No, that's is that that's not supposed to be a bit. That's just something I have to do every episode because we would never get out of like Act One. <laughs> I I was just saying that's what happens in the movie. There's a bunch of fighting back and forth. They go to different planets. They meet different robots. They have fights with different robots. Some of the robots help them. You're, um, you sound you know what you oh, sound oh, like oh, oh, you sound a... like Orson Welles. Why don't you just say, "I did a movie today about a bunch of toys fighting other <clears> toys." <throat> I, f- I forgot a major point. Yeah, uh, I think so. Un- Unicron is a planet that eats planets. And then we find out later that he's a huge transformer. Well, so, of course. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. But he's he's like the huge bad guy. Um, and uh, the Decepticon leader... God, what is his name? I'm bad with names today. Um, That's how it feels. Um, yeah. What, tell me out with his name. Which one? Mega... What? Something. Let's see what what could the second syllable be? Megatron. Actually, it's a third. Okay, yeah, Tron. Uh, Megatron gets really badly injured in one of the fights. Uh, he gets pulled towards Unicron, and Unicron is like, basically, you're going to do my bidding for me. You're going to get this MacGuffin. Bring me the frozen peas because I need it. I will make you Spock. Um, we never know why he needs it, but yeah, right. And he um, turns him into. What is his next name? Like Gal- Gal- Galvatron. Galvatron, and then he's voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Galvatron, so. uh, voiced by Leonard Nimoy, and basically, what's his character? Like it was so he's a new man. Yes, uh, he is a old driver <laughs> because there are fifteen shots of him flying around in uh, Scourge or whatever his plane, and then he will <laughs> he always flies by and goes. Mm, with his, like, <laughs> shaking his shaking fist. his fists, you know. Yeah. Use your signal. <laughs> He needs like some like fuzzy dice on the sure yeah sure and they transform too yeah dice, right. dice masters of course there you go yeah um so that's a that's a big part of it as well that was a mess I know 
And I have to say, you know, for as little plot as this movie has, it, it is pretty straightforward. It wasn't like that retelling at all. So all right, if they remake this, uh, I hope you are in charge of uh, plotting it and scripting it. Um, watching this, watching this mm-hmm. now as an adult yeah, who didn't go to film school. Mm-hmm. But he's been basically making up for it for his entire life. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate this. It's not great. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you don't know. No. And you, you're just, you know, you're de- devastated. Uh, not by devastator, ironically, but by uh, you know the fact that uh, you know Prime dies. Yeah. And then you're just trying to put it together. Right. Watching it as an adult, I realized there's so little dialogue in this. I mean, the real things absolutely do happen, and yeah. and there are. You never mentioned once the hero of the film, Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo had a baby, and his name was Hot Rod. And I, this is I a know. story of Hot Rod's it is story ascendancy Hot Rod's. to maturity and to the leadership of the Autobots. I but, guess, like, kind of on purpose. But you just so yeah, purposely. <laughs> but you totally left that out. I did. And this movie is just Star Wars. It's just Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, the bad guys yep. are in control. Space travel. And that was, that was always the thing about, I think, did we talk about this last, last week? Just enough trope, but like, there's a fatalism to Transformers that I, I didn't, I don't know if it read for me when I was a kid, but you know, the bad guys are in control. The bad guys yeah. have pushed the Autobots off of Cybertron four million years ago. Mm-hmm. The Ark crashes on Earth. The Decepticons awaken first, not counting Beast Wars. Yeah, they, they, right, right. they always have the upper hand, you know, and so and I don't they know do. if that's just a device to make the heroes seem scrappy, but they can fly, they can become jets, and not like a dumb compact car, <laughs> and that is uh, that is given steroids <laughs> and given a, a regimen, eighteen months of uh, mad MMA uh, training in this movie because yeah, like you said, it opens with the we don't know the the, the thing the big thing about this is. It represented a break between the second season and the third season of the TV show, yeah. where Hasbro went, okay, per- burn, set the toy box on fire because we got to sell more of these things. And so in the movie, and so stupid. It is stupid because they still make prowl <laughs> figures today. Do you know what I mean? You can still make these figures, mm-hmm. just add more guys, right? But anyway, right. yeah. Why so you have to kill everybody? So yeah, so their thing is like not only is you know this sort of dark and the bad guys always seem to be in control, but the bad guys murder like half a dozen characters that you've been following for two years as a kid. Oh my god, Cliff Jumper! Well, no. Well, you were saying too when we were watching it, like how um, they they've been shooting at each other for two years yes, and, and missing. Yes. <laughs> and then they just like fatally kill. Right, because it's a movie. All of these. It's characters. a movie and not a toy commercial, except it's a toy commercial. Uh, yeah. There are all kinds of rules about what you could and couldn't do on TV back then. But since it's a movie, Spike can say shit. And also uh, Ultra Magnus <laughs> can say damn. And then you can have lasers actually hit their targets. Uh, no problem in the Bay films with that. And so they immediately uh, are being chased like the Empire chases, you yeah. know, the Rebellion in Star Wars. Right. We have a planet-destroying device show up that doubles for Darth Vader. So Darth Vader is also the Death Star in this. That's, Or yes. you could argue, you make an argument that Galvatron is Darth Vader as well. Mm, uh, I'd make him yeah. one of the higher moths or something like that. Anyway. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then we go, you know, the, the Autobots get split up. And two of them end up on uh, Quintessa, the planet of the Quintessons, Mm -hmm. who will feature later in the uh, show. So they're setting that up. And then the other ones land on Junkia or whatever and meet the Junkicons, who are not important really at all. (laughs) They're never important. It's it's too bad. Yeah. And it's like a weird... Okay. I was picking up like racial stereotype undertones. But anyway, uh, they're led by Eric Idle. Uh, who is just, you know, quoting old commercials. Yes. And that was a decision they made. Although, the Weird Al song, highlight of the film. What? Were, okay, Tom, remind me how the Weird Al song goes again. Which part? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you better squeeze all the Charmin you can while Mr. Whipple's not around. Put your head in the microwave and give yourself a tan. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, if it's there um, to be stupid. Uh, so... But they were so lucky that they landed on that planet because, like, those guys. Oh, Ultra Magnus okay. gets pasted. <laughs> like they, they just they just destroy Ultra Magnus. They, they destroy Ultra Magnus. 
Then, okay, this is another thing that I, I don't like how... Well, how... I wasn't done comparing this to Star Wars. I, okay, sorry. Then later on, they go into the thing, and uh, the thing, in this case, is the Death Star. Oh, They right, rescue right. their friends who are trapped in the Death Star. Right. And then we don't really, you know, how long do you want this to be? So we have a truncated third act where Hot Rod hears his mentor's voice, use the Matrix Hot Rod. Right. And then Hot Rod, you know, levels up. And because we need him in the, we need to sell the toy. We need to have him in the show later. Just throws Galvatron through the wall into space, and it's like, yeah, that'll probably do it. And yeah, that's the end right. Of the and then we have the uh, throne room ceremony where everybody's yes. gets a medal except for Chewbacca. <laughs> right? Didn't they fix that when they redid it? I don't know. I I feel like that's maybe something that I. Anyways, I don't care. Um, another thing to go along with that is that, and maybe you were basically insinuating this, anyways, but that the uh, the bad guys vastly outnumber the good guys. You know, part of them being scrappy is that there's not I as many of them. No, I mean in the toy line there would be. I mean, you know, they're down five or six Autobots because they're all murdered on that shuttle. But otherwise, I think they're about the same, right? Are they? Because, I mean, it seemed like uh, the Decepticons were all over the planet. You might be Maybe right. Maybe that's just how I it might seems. be crazy. Because um, you have to kind of mirror things because, you know, you, you can... If your bad guys are cooler than your good guys, and almost universally they are in the Transformers, then you're going to have to give the good guys a future beatbox and rap and <laughs> ghetto yeah. blaster uh, in order to compete with Soundwave. Yep. I think the Autobots might have gotten a Devastator situation at one point. But since Devastator, you need all six Constructicons, then mm-hmm. it's not like they all have like individual personalities. But yeah, so True. that's they get six for one there. Yeah. Although the Autobots do get the Dinobots, but there's only four of them. So I think numerically they might be down, but I don't think it's any specific you know way. Okay, I guess I see your point. Yeah, it's not like an overwhelming um, advantage. I, I do not like that Hot Rod is the um, the the star child, the the special gifted one. Yeah. Oh my god. Like um, like when when Cup like is like this is the universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When, when Cup is like, this is like the universal language or whatever, and then they... <laughs> best bit in the film. And then, like, they get captured, and then Hot Rod does it on the junk planet, and it goes off like gangbusters. I was like, why? Well, he has why? to learn it. He has I know, to learn it. but, like, why does... When he does it, it works. I guess. It's like, well, now you just look... You just make Cup look like he's, like, a weirdo, and, like, he taught him this thing that works, but he can't make it work for himself, and Hot Rod just looks like he's special for some Cup reason. Cup decided to feed a bunch of shark men Energon. Cup screwed Cup. Yeah, I guess. Cup should have used contextual clues to learn that they were going to be in trouble if they messed with these guys. Well, another thing that I noticed... And maybe this is just how they decided to do it for the film, or they just didn't want a lot of fanfare, or maybe this is just how they did movies uh, in the eighties. I don't, I don't know. But like I was seeing about how, how today, and I, I, you know, we have so many other like franchises and like you know like worlds that are huge these days. Where maybe like in the eighties we didn't necessarily have that to an extent you know Ever like heard of dune yeah no 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 i know we had stuff but I, i'm just saying like you know like the the marvel universe it's so extensive there's so many characters I mean, it's so dense yeah right i know i know um but i'm just saying whenever like a character dies in like a modern movie um and it's a character we followed for a while they make a huge deal out of it i'm not necessarily saying that i love that but but like four or five guys are toasted right at the very beginning and Ooh. we don't even we don't fixate on them like at all um optimus primes like death was huge and a big deal i mean do you miss wheeljack i mean i think they did they did you know optimus prime was the funeral for all of them right like in a way i guess so and i thought something i thought was interesting too was like with optimus prime once he did uh pass on they they decided like to show him like being like ashen and like 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 just void of color. Yes. Which I thought was really interesting. 
Well, you know, as you pointed out, as this fired up, you know, this is a, a lot more manga than the show. You know, the mm-hmm. show is like all anime, shows yeah. animated in in uh, Southeast Asia, probably, mm-hmm. but they really juiced up the the manga side of it, and all the people have. It's just like this is the most violent death punk video like I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have that kind of look, and so yeah, I mean that's all that's all a part of it. Um, what do you think about the soundtrack? Oh my god, this is more, this is a musical more than a movie. <laughs> there is so much music, and I think one so one of the reasons it's a bunch of like seasides from like uh, '80s metal bands. I think maybe this kind of inspired you to watch the movie but i found out from you that uh the song we got the touch that mark Wahlberg well, sings we, we may have the touch but you personally have the touch yeah that you have the touch um that mark Wahlberg sings in boogie nights is from this movie <laughs> and i was like what and then he's you just thought that was a song like yeah. i thought I thought that was I I didn't know that and I, and I thought that like within the world of the film this was like him like he wrote the song and like him and John C Riley are like John C Riley was like this is going to be huge so within the world of the movie you know, I think it's a movie anachronism because he's in like red like a red leather sleeveless top right and like and parachute pants so that I'm trying to think of like cuz the whole movie's about the porn industry going from It'd be real dicey because this is 86. I guess I actually don't know when Stan Bush released the song, The Touch. I'm assuming it's just in 86. And I, I don't think it would be that because Dirk had a real real quick rise, a real quick fall, and then a, and then a, and a real quick comeback. Yeah. Because, you know, the first uh, porn awards or whatever that he goes to was like 81, right? Something like I, that. I think it's... it's supposed to be like, or 80. Yeah, and then the second one, thank you, uh, yeah, right. is like the next year. Yeah. And then if he burns out in a year or two later, you know, spends six months jerking uh, okay. off in a parking lot and okay. comes back, it's just it's just an anachronism. PTA was just like, oh, it's a perfect song. It's the most ridiculous, pathetic song. And it's not, though. It's amazing. But Listen to that song. I know. it's it. Look, it's cheesy as all get out, but it, it's a great song. But so, but within the world of the film, is it supposed oh, to be wow. that like he it's, yes, it's wrote all diegetic. the song? Yes, Blaster is just no, 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 no. Yes, no. that's what I'm saying. I thought we just covered that. I, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. I didn't. I, I understood your question uh-huh. because you 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 outlined it so well, and I began answering it in the middle. I skipped the first couple it's okay. steps it's okay. when we could have made the question explicit. Then went, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, but instead I just skipped to the middle of it because okay. I was already thinking about it when you were already asking okay. it. Okay. And the answer is no. I think it's just an anachronism for the film. Paul Thomas Anderson's like, I need the, I need a song that, first of all, is out of Mark Wahlberg's range. Just go figure we're talking about Boogie Nights when we should be talking about Transformers, but I that's know. your fault. I know. Out of his range. Yeah. Uh would what is is uh Dirk Diggler's personal ethos as long as it's he's singing to himself mm-hmm. and also it's just right, like right. A, the most ridiculous cheesy thing well i always imagined he was singing it to himself yeah. so it's both yeah. it's like his statement of power but it's completely pathetic yeah. because he is at the bottom of his his yeah. metaphorical whatever rope at right. this point right yeah um, talk about Eric Idle already. No, there's nothing to really talk about. It's kind of sad. I wish that Eric Idle had more to do. There's some great um, voice talent in this, and there's some you you, you have a voice uh, talent in this, and um, like Judd Nelson is hot rod. Okay, all right. Judd Nelson's out there somewhere still, right? I don't. Get I that don't, guy back. What else has he done? I don't know what else he's done. He played a, a, a murderer in that in that movie. A murderer in that movie. Okay. You know, he's the Breakfast Club guy. He's Bender from the Breakfast Club. Okay. He was, you know, he was the Brat Pack. He's a San Elmo's Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was, um, he was in a movie around this time, maybe in the early '90s, where he was like, "He's gonna stalk you. He's gonna kill you." He's one of the first like stalker films. Okay. What? Well, I don't he... want to spend this. Okay. I never planned to spend this much time talking about Judd Nelson. Here we are. Did he do voice? Did he God. do Hot Rod in the TV show too? Or 
Was that somebody else? What a great question that is outside the range of this discussion. All right, fair. Uh, yeah, of course, Leonard Nimoy, uh, Robert Stack, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, R.I.P. is in this. And uh, R.I.P. died like 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> and, of course, Orson Welles, his last role. <laughs> I know! What a get! Unicron! But uh, the unsung hero like, what? of this yeah. is Lionel Stander as Cup. Cup yeah. is the... Uh, I like um, Spanger, Stranger, Flinger, Springer. I like Springer. Springer is the actual unsung hero of this because he drags Arcee's ass all through this movie. Yeah. And never even, like, he is, he should be the Han. Do you know what I mean? Like, Hot Rod is the Luke. Springer is the Han. Which is Springer the one that turns into He's the green one. He's the one who turns into the... He's the the triple changer. Triple changer turns into a helicopter. Okay. He's the yeah. green one. Gotcha. He's like, he's got all the quips. He's, you know, he's pulling the Princess Le- Leia robot hair through the whole thing. Yeah, she has Princess Leia robot uh, hair. But he's, but, you know, no personality and I don't even know who voiced him. But like, Cup is like, you know, for, they made a bunch of new Transformers. Blur, you just want to strangle. Wheelie, he's meant to be annoying. Really the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Mashita, voice of Micro Machines, Blur. Um, but uh, but Cup's, Cup's great. The only problem is... This is in 2005, so it's like 30 years after the original series, which is set in 1985 or, or whatever. Um, and he's like, I got all these stories. So I guess you were just back on Cybertron? You know what I mean? So he wasn't in the, the he wasn't in the He wasn't series. in the first two. Okay. And, the, and he's, the whole bit with him is, I'm He's really got all these now. war stories, What yeah. they should have done, instead of killing all those Autobots that they weren't going to use, is just have, you know, Wheeljack or... I'd say Cliffjumper, but Casey Kasem is... I like Casey Kasem's voice the way it is. I don't want him to pretend to be an old man. Um, just take like, yeah, just take like, you know, Prowl or something like that. And he'll be, um, he'll be old now. Like uh, Frazier's dad on, on uh, Seinfeld, <laughs> you know, Frazier's dad on Seinfeld. Sorry, whatever. <laughs> uh, and he's, uh, you know, and he's, uh, he's got a, a war injury, you know, but he's got like, that's not how we did it back in the day. You got to watch out. You know? Yeah. But that's what Cup is. And, and I really like Cup. I like Cup I don't think too. he does anything cool ever again. Does, does Cup appeal to young kids is what I want to know. No, who cares? That's right. the point. Okay. I'm watching this. All right. <laughs> but he's got all these stories and the and the Dinobots love him. The Dinobots freaking love him. And then him. at the end when they're flying towards their home world who they have been torn from and two of the moons are rubble and there is a giant robot with horns standing on top of their planet fighting other ships and Hot Rod's like... What do you got, Cup? And Cup's like, I'm paralyzed beyond the capacity for reasonable thought. Like, yeah. I don't have any stories for this. this no, is insane. no, it doesn't remind me of anything. Yeah, that was that's pretty great. Yeah, it was good. Um, what else? <laughs> and it, come on, we gotta move on. Uh, <laughs> um, Grimlock's. You gotta love Grimlock. That was that's the T Rex dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, I like Grimlock. Um, I like Grimlock a lot. What was the name of the 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 new guy that? The like kind of met the Dinobots and like he like Wheelie Wheelie yeah screw yeah. him he's kind of annoying plus why don't they how why do they meet him on the planet uh, on Quintessa presumably uh, and he's already an Autobot he is an Autobot he is an symbol. Autobot I know I was like so that makes why me think it's there? a race but in the new War for Cybertron which is a new continuity but it is trying to merge all the old continuities Bumblebee's like. Yeah, I don't. I don't want you any part of your war. I'm no Autobot. It's like, so, are, so Autobot and Decepticon are like a faction that you join or something. That's what they're making it sound like, at least in that series. Like, because in that series, um, Bumblebee didn't have the um, the Autobot insignia because he had not chosen to be an Autobot. Said that. Burning through the last of my notes, um, d- the Doomsday. No, not Doomsday. Prime and Megatron is like Superman fighting Doomsday. Like, neither of them can really lose, although, you know, Prime does die. Prime loses. Megatron probably would have died. Yeah. I feel bad for uh, Peter Cullen and, and uh, Frank Welker because they, you know, their, their characters got killed. They're the main characters in this show, and they both yeah. get killed, and then yeah. celebrities replace them, and that happens a lot. Although, he's got a great career now of just yelling, give me your face. I know. He's, he's doing okay. Give me your face. Um, um, so I happened? had Galvatron as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't have Megatron, but Galvatron, and they did this on purpose, was a cannon and not a gun. So that's so why you, have... you couldn't have Megatron because it was a gun. I think because so. he turned into a gun. I think they took it off the shelves because it was a gun. 
Okay, but a cannon's some okay. Some dumb kid got shot. Uh, uh, what else? The uh, the rebuild uh, Megatron sequence is awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, RC has Leia hair. Does Hot Rod is even training with a lightsaber? No, you're right. On on the ship, they're not even trying to hide it. No, they're not. Um, and Ultra Magnus is a terrible, terrible, terrible leader. I love when. They're yeah, being chased the off the planet, and they've done this, you know, this thing. Well, maybe they're going to do it, but they're going to separate the ship. TNG, I see you, I see you stealing things yeah. from Transformers. And they're really in trouble, and they're like, Ultra Magnus, they're coming up behind us. We need a plan. And he's like, I can't, I can't deal with that right now. He's just totally freaked out the it's entire like, time. He's not. That's your job, He's not buddy. ready for this. He's no prime. Yeah. Um. There Look, are a couple about... of the planes, like when they were seeing them, like they when we see do see that they they um, um, break off the ship into two different parts. I was like thinking, well, that's a cool toy. So I'm sure they had like toy versions of like the ships that they flew in and everything no. too. They did it. I don't think so. Really? Hey, that's they, a missed opportunity. They had a Autobot city that was a that was a transformer that turned into a giant robot, but also was would become a city, and it was called. I don't remember. Oh, Megapolis okay. or something like okay. that. Okay, um, um, and that is pretty much it. Come on, think about what we're stealing time from. We got to move on. Okay. Um, although I will say, till all are one. <laughs> what was the movie you picked? Uh, the movie I picked was Drunken Master. What year did it come out? Ah, uh, it's not your job to know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't I'm just know. kidding. 19, 1978. Okay. The answer is 1978. Okay. Um. So I love how you're just ready to talk. You, why don't you throw it to me so I can give the well, quick recap and then you can talk all you want. Okay, fine. Uh, give us a recap. You sure? Yes. Wong Fei Hung is the mischievous child of a local kung fu master. And he gets in trouble. And as punishment, his father sends him to be trained by Su Ha Chi. Mm-hmm. The uh, drunken bandit, uh, not bandit. Beggar. Uh, beggar, yeah. Yeah, beggar Sue. And oh, beggar through so. a course of misadventures and about 6,700 kicks, uh, yes. he ends up training under Su Ha Chi. Uh, they also have misadventures. All this time, there's a killer out there, uh, Yang Tisung, who is an assassin for money. And there's uh, he has been hired eventually in the, in the third act to yes. kill... Uh, Fei Hung's father, and so Fei Hung must learn the drunken boxing style of the eight drunken gods, yes. and return and defeat the assassin and save his father. And we don't even know the movies about that until like 25, 25 minutes from the end. Yeah, the drunken gods never show up until about an hour into the movie. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so um, I have not seen a lot of Jackie Chan movies. I am not 100% sure if I had ever seen this, but I can tell you after watching this uh, just recently, I don't remember seeing it if I have seen it. Well, success for you. So it might as well have been that I hadn't seen it. So anyways, um, because you see a lot of clips and everything, and I think everybody knows who, I think everybody should at the very least, know who Jackie Chan is. Um, But he's so, it's just amazing watching him in film um because he's 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 such a great performer like he's he's a, he's an amazing martial artist but but something else that he does so well and uh something that I don't think you see a lot in films today is is this um you know the the mixing of the martial arts with the comedy you know and that just like the comedic timing and 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 the bits and everything it's just it's done so well and it's just everything is very well choreographed and planned the end the end well we can talk about those things in detail if you, yeah if i do want to talk about those in the detail yeah it's yeah most um the the uh genre of this film is is the wuxia genre right it's the genre of martial arts heroes mm-hmm. and specifically this character Wong Fei Hung is a was a real guy oh I didn't um, know that I don't I don't know if he drunken boxed or whatever but he's like a he was a Cantonese man who um, was a school teacher had his own school and so you know they've you know, told these legends about his 
It's like Washington chopping down the cherry tree or something like that, sure. you know, or like Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. Um, so yeah, so like he's a historical guy, but you know, none of this is historical necessarily. Is that the storm siren? That's what I needed to know. I think it might be. Okay. Well, we'll try to wrap this up pretty soon. Um, and so, yeah, so this is set. It's not clear when it's set, but Drunken Master 2 is supposed to be a sequel, uh, direct sequel, I believe, and there's trains in it. So I think this is in like the late, you know, 19th century. It's just okay. regional, you know. Okay. They're, they're not, j- j- or China is not, you know, industrialized a lot to to this degree. Sure. Um, and things of that nature. Uh, and so, yeah, so this is like, you know, usually like, uh, you know, wuxia films are, I mean, they can be set in the modern times, but they're usually set in like in ancient times, like a Crouching Tiger situation. Okay. And a lot of them aren't funny. Like there's a million Shaw Brothers movies that are all amazing and, you know, they're not really, there's a joke or two, but they're not like funny. Right. But it's really like, yeah, Jackie Chan um, really pioneered that and, you know, he's uh, Jackie Chan, Sammo Hung. Uh, Yang Bao, all these guys—they're they're the Seven Little Fortunes. You know, they were uh, trained in Peking Opera and then went into Kung Fu films and uh, and brought uh, humor and and uh, grace and acrobatics and all this stuff with them. Yes, a lot of food humor. Oh my, so much food for, humor <laughs> for Fei Hong loves to eat. Uh, yeah. Um, we we really dropped the ball. We waited so long to put Jackie Chan in a. Um, like the second they finished shooting Rebel in the Bronx, they should have put him in an orange gi, pushed him out, and just done a Dragon Ball film. Not worried about the crossover. If they had been smart and thought ahead, amazing, right? Yeah. Instead, they waited. Yep. Eventually, we got him in a Monkey King movie, but he was like, I don't. He wasn't like the main character. He was like a side guy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they made Dragon Ball Evolution, and we all wanted to stab our eyes out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just um, so I have a bunch of Jackie Chan films on my list. Um, Why? Because I want to watch them. But are they spread out? Well, I will spread them out. I won't be like it will not be like just a bunch of Jackie Chan. I I want. I mean, I want to read that. Yeah, but I will. I will spread it out. Um, but I thought this was a good one to kind of start with. Um, but. I I just I I like it a lot, uh, but there it's it's weird because it's like so every it's, um you know what you're getting right it, it it's it's a martial arts film so there's there's like lots of different uh, fight scenes and like every single excuse there is to put a fight in there we'll put a fight in there. Um, oh, everybody was kung fu fighting. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and, but it doesn't. It does have a plot, and I think that it, you know, the plot is important. But I feel like you don't really, like you were saying, if when it first starts out, it's basically just like he is somebody who gets into trouble, and he doesn't really take his martial art training or anything seriously. Well, there are three encounters that we see, yeah, because he he is training and he is he's playful because he's messing yeah. around with the assistant at the yes. school who's teaching them. And nobody likes. Yeah. Then nobody we see that him. he is, um, I don't want to say lecherous, but he is, uh, you know, he's he's naughty. Yep. He's the naughty panther. Right. Because he um, tries to kiss the girl or, or whatever. And get her and to hug him. crap kicked out of him by the woman who he turns out is his aunt. Yep. Which and was he, And also on his way home from that, he's heroic because the yes. mean guy breaks the old man's jade and won't pay him for it. Yep. And then he steps up and he's like, all right, you know, well, it looks like I'm going to have to kick your ass today. So And he does. But he's all these things. Yeah, you know, you're right. Um, I love uh, that his that his aunt, like, kicks his butt and it, she doesn't even look like she's breaking a sweat. And, there and must there's have so been... much kicking. I love it. Yeah. There had to have been some doubling in this, but a lot of it. Because, I, I, like, remember, Jackie Chan does all his own stunts. Right. Well, I mean, like, he did that, that. That's his philosophy, but it wasn't, like, a thing. It's not like he's, you know, 45 years old and he's jumping onto a hovercraft and rumble in the Bronx because he does all his own stunts. Mm-hmm. And he breaks his ankle and he has to wear a cast painted like a sneaker for the rest of the film. <laughs> this is just, like, there's a bunch of, like, you know, other kung fu performers and, and yes. uh, talented actors and performers. And they're all, there's, you know... His dad is doing all the flips and stuff. Yep. You can't fake a buzz cut like that on a on a character. <laughs> no. Now the guy that plays Suachi, you can 
put a wig on. He's already got a wig on yeah. and, and a little hat. So if you needed to like have somebody who flips better than he does or whatever, you put that in. But like in the scene where he's doing the marionette thing with Jackie Chan, he's teaching him yes. the holes by pulling him. Yeah, he's he's just flipping over and he's like doing somersaults and he's doing all that. So all of yeah, these yeah, people yeah. are superhumans. Yeah. Well, I heard that we were watching something and I heard that the, the actor who plays that role is a, another really well-known martial arts okay. performer. I did not know that. Um, so and people, I guess when they talk about that movie, they talk about how how both they are, both are how great they both are in that film and. I think that that's really important too because like you know you know he is the drunken master but he you see him teaching um uh Jackie Chan's character how to do it and everything. Um there's a there's a long tradition of master teaches, you know, a wayward pupil and the pupil. Yes. I mean him doing all the things with Fei Hung and he just thinks that he's torturing him but he's Teaching the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waxing on, waxing exactly, on. Exactly, exactly. Did you, did you get a kickboxer vibe? <laughs> a little bit. You know I guess I, mean? I could see I that. I know kickboxer yeah. is the story of Frank Dukes or whatever, and uh, Van Damme also helped. Uh, or no, no, uh, sorry. Bloodsport is Frank Dukes, but kickboxer is very similar. Story. Yeah, yes, yes. And uh, because he already knows how to fight when he uh, leaves to join the Kumite in, uh, in right. Bloodsport. Right. Right, right, but, yeah. right, right. But uh, Kickboxer is like you know written by Van Damme, and it's like it's a lot of cr- crazy old man's gonna drop a coconut on his nuts. Like if there was if that was a scene that was cut out of Drunken Master, I'd believe it. You know, I would believe that very, too. Very similar. Yes, um, and they're, they they just seem to always find themselves in these situations where where they're they're getting into fights, and it's it's not like like um, the the master is like this you know, great guy. Like he, he's playing what do you, what the, the shell game basically. Yeah. Um, and like, he's really good at it. And then they get into this huge fight because the fixer of the game or whatever is like, you know, I'm just, he just, Iron Head rat. yeah, he's like, I'm just going to take your money now. And like, and when um, they do the Iron Head rat fight and it's like, what if we had a fight where a guy didn't throw any punches? He just kept trying to hit you with his head. And it's it's great. It is great. Um, yeah, that, I was. I've seen this. I've seen this a lot. Mm-hmm. This was on repeat in in the VCR in the dorm room. I've never seen it this good before. I'm going to buy this on Blu-ray. The quality was good. You know, yeah, yeah. But we watched the stream, and I'd never seen it this good before. I'd only ever had old tracking lined uh, sure. copy of a copy of a copy tapes. You know, that came from China that you get at a con or something like that. So. I got so many more details this time, and I was thinking about it. And I think that you're right. I think that um, Suachi, uh, or the beggar so, as he's called in this, is uh, he's a, he's an older Fei Hung. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, he's yeah, mischievous yeah. as well. But oh he's, yeah. But he's accomplished something because we see that he has compassion. It's not like he doesn't care. You know, Fei Hung escapes the training for the first time. He's doing the bucket brigade thing, and then he jumps in the thing, and the guy's like, "Okay, this guy's that student's funny." But then Jackie Chan doesn't come up for a while, and he's like. Oh my God! Are you okay? And then you know, Jackie Chan pulls him into the thing. And yeah, like, yeah. Runs away. But uh, yeah, I mean, you see that he cares. It isn't like, you know, Tarantino has also seen Drunken Master. So in the scenes where the bride is training with um, yes, Gordon, uh, what's his name's character? I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, you eat with your chopsticks like a human being. And he's doing that to, you know, to give her self-respect and control. But he's uh, he, he did pull out Ellie Driver's eye though when she when she pissed him off. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, Suachi is not quite that strict. No, no, or that that mean spirited. Um, he's rough, but yeah. Well, and I think that another thing that this has um, is the um, you know a good villain. I, I mean, I guess we don't see him that much so it's not like we're like compassionate towards them or anything like that but he's pretty dang evil and he's like a paid assassin and he's he's a good martial artist too and it's and it's it's uh fei hong's story so we don't need to spend any time with him true you know the movie opens with him and we see that he is you know devastating martial artist and we also see how he gets his assignments then you know at the halfway mark um, they, he has a chance encounter with Fei Hung. Yes. And beats the crap out of him. 
but spares him because he's you know he's got a code. Man's got to have a code. Yeah. Uh, and then Fei Hung is like, that's part of his motivation to train. And yes. then, of course, then they meet up at the end. And, like, so, I mean, we could just spend, you know, two hours just talking about all the uh, unbelievable stunts and all the fight scenes. It, yeah. I think if you made, if they remade this in Hollywood, they'd go, like, three, maybe four fight scenes. There is as mu- I, many I kicks in I this as there yeah. are lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only drawback to that is I think they balance the fighting out a little more in Drunken Master 2. Drunken Master 2 is the Terminator 2 of like of Wushu sequels or because it's just I'm not saying it's better than one they're different films but Drunken Master 2 better be on your list because that it is. that is one of the greatest kung fu movies of all time but um, it's just so it's so relentless and you just watch the screen and you're like stop being awesome for two seconds so I can breathe yeah, but by the time they get to the end, the end fight is so great because it. We see Fei Hung, he comes out. He's gonna fight this guy, you know, which is a heroic act. Yep. He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna use the drunken boxing thing. Yep. And we know that kicky guy, you know, kicks a lot. And then uh, as he's, you know, the 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 momentum of the battle goes back and forth. And then Kiki Guy's like, all right, guess what? I can punch. I just don't all the time. It's 70% leg, 30% punch. Check uh, this out. Uh-huh. He breaks out, like, the shadowless hand secret technique. Yeah. You know, that everybody's, like, you can't, you know, he punches too fast for you to see. Right. And so Fei-Hung starts doing the drunken boxing thing. And then and the bad guy's like, all right, let's fight. And they fight. And he's kind of getting the upper hand. But as he goes on, he's going to do the next thing. And the guy's like... Where's the guy with the broken leg? Go. You realize he he knows, he knows the eight drunken gods. Yep. He's already seen this. He totally knows it. Mm-hmm. So he's so then just. Then counter it. Yeah. And it's so like the great power that you thought you had is like not that great because this guy's so good. Like he doesn't even like that style. He probably knows it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Where's where's Miss Ho? Where's the where's the girl? Come on. Well, but that's yep. the, that's the fly in the ointment because. Little naughty Fei Hung didn't learn that part <laughs> because so... he's sexist or something. Yeah, well, cause I don't he's, know because he's sexist. Yeah, uh, even though he got his ass kicked by a girl in the beginning of the film, he did. Uh, and so then he's like, "Oh, I forgot." Like he says, uh, you know, when he starts fighting uh, Fei Hung's father, who's doing all these punches, he's like, uh, "You know, hands are for opening doorknobs, a feet are for kicking doors down." <laughs> um, but then, like, Fei Hung has to use, like, his natural talent and the fact that he's learned all the other styles and all the conditioning that he's been given to create a, a totally... Because the whole part, point of drunken boxing is the unpredictability. You know, all yeah. these guys learn all these styles, but if you can't predict somebody, it's like, stop rolling around on the ground and screaming right. at me. Right. And so he creates his own style that throws this guy off, and he also solves the mystery of the shadowless fist and just punches the guy in the face and then gets up on his head and I love that it cuts back to the, you know, the cracking the, it's not, there's no blood or anything, but they mm-hmm. cut back to him, you know, smashing the walnut with his finger yes. and thumb. So we know what's happened to this guy's uh, larynx. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then he gives him the people's elbow at the end and it's over. I know. <laughs> so great. It's pretty awesome. And there's, there's no denouement. It doesn't have to be. This, done. He, he's done it. He's accomplished what he set out to do. He learned the styles. He saved his father. You know, he did it. It's epic. Uh, it's epic storytelling at its best. My, Where did you read that? It's uh, epic storytelling at its best? That's me. That's I didn't read that anywhere, thank you very much. But I mean, that's just such a... It's the best epic storytelling you've ever seen. Yeah. Screw you, Peter Jackson. Right. Um, Screw you, Akira Kurosawa. Wow. Anyways, um, my only other thing that I'm... like, Like, there are other questions that I have. They're not as important. But I do want to know... How can a son not have an ass? Well... I hope you give birth to a son without an ass. That's just a funny thing to say. <laughs> but I mean, like, the, the jerky guy that's in town who uh, Jackie Chan beat up his son earlier, who is the one who was giving the assassin his orders and right. told him to kill his dad. He wants... So this is how Why? we know this is in the industrial age, because he wants... Uh, Coal. For for some reason, I, uh, Fei Hung's dad might be like the mayor of town, or at least like a high official or something, because he comes to him and says, "Hey, I want to buy the graveyard because it's haunted." 
And he's right. like, I think you probably want it for all the coal that's in it, right? You're going to just, you know, tear it up for coal. And so he won't let him have it. And so the guy hires the guy to kill him so they can get it. But I want to know what's the resolution with that or if that guy's like. What, what, what importance is that? I have? don't know. Is that guy not going to mess with him anymore because Jackie Chan would just kick his ass or what? Well, the best assassin ever is dead. Well, that's true. I guess the second best, if he attacked right now, might have a chance. I guess. But um, he's going to fight Miss I kind of, I kind of wish that Jackie Chan's aunt had been at the fight, too, so she could have been like, wow, he really learned stuff yeah, but or it's something not, like that. Yeah. But it's not really, that's not really what the story is. No, it's not so, a story of a, of a group fight. No, no. <laughs> Wait for the second one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I did really enjoy it. Um, well, we're and, not done. Oh, I, okay. We got 10 minutes to fill. <laughs> Uh, I love how, like I said, maybe there would be a way to Sky is Yellow, by the way. Um, yeah. Sky is Yellow, uh, scared fellow. Um, maybe there's a way to bring Drunken Boxing in sooner. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't. Because they do that in the second one. I, I think they, he already knows it because it's a sequel. Right. Um, but, <laughs> no, we can't talk about the second film. Um but we wait so long for it. But then yeah. when they but when they introduce it, I like how it's introduced um, at first because, you know, Suhachi is like, oh, you think I haven't been training you well? And he's like, well, I mean, we, we got beat up. And he's like, it's all conditioning, you know, because you got to learn the thing. And you learn the eight drunken it's God the style. Yeah. And then he does it. Uh, and then after he's done, he's like, see, that's he explains the principle. It's like, you know, you, you pretend like you're really drunk. You, you're a little you get a little buzzed, mm-hmm. you know, but you're you're fooling the pretenses that, you know, you're out of control, but you can snap back into control and it's all pretense. And then he takes the jug and he does this whole little thing where he's flipping the jug over and it's like, could a drunk guy do this? Yeah. I had a friend um, that uh, I used to be in plays and stuff with and we, you know, people go to the bar after the play and he would have a couple beers and his thing was like, you know, you take your credit card, you put it on the, the edge of the table and if you can flick it up with your fingers and catch it, you're okay. And I'm like, what if you're just good at flipping your credit card? <laughs> and then you take out a farmer's market on the way home. Yeah. But anyway, wow. it's kind of like that. And so then we do that. And then instead of like Fei Hung, maybe we should have moved that up a little bit. So Fei Hung is like le- trying to learn the styles or, or, or then we do the conditioning for the styles. But he just wants to learn the styles. It doesn't matter because we cut into the best sequence in the film. Where Jackie Chan is just doing like a kata of all the seven forms that he knows. And it's just like, and the music's playing. And, you know, he's turning the the gorilla hand is turning the pages in the book. Yeah. and introducing like the different, yeah, that's a you great know, sequence. Uh, I can't remember any of the names of them, but the guy with the pot, you know, <laughs> the guy, yeah, the guy right. with the with the du- with the double kick, the strong right leg, yeah. and like, yeah. And the... so Jackie Chan is just like going nuts, like flipping around and all this stuff. And it's just like, man, it's just really good. Uh, it was really good, and I, um, I want to say too, I really did uh, like the the music in the film. Um, I think that it's um, scored really well, especially you know, like the, is like it? the well, like the 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 big fight scene at the end, the music is really great, and I feel like they played that a couple of times. So maybe it's just that song. There's goofy music but, that they kind of hit. Okay, times. this isn't the goofy stuff. I'm not talking about the goofy stuff. I'm talking about the awesome like fight rev you up music that that they play. Um, that I thought. You got the touch. Oh wow. Okay, I guess I should have seen that coming. Um, I gotta tell the world. Did you know that the whistle part from the Peter Bjorn and John song "Young Folks" is the same as the Aladdin riff, which is the uh, the stereotypical mu- uh, music they play when we cut to China or Chinatown in a movie? Yeah, right. So just whis- whistle. Yeah, it's it's when you told me that you kind of blew my mind, and I was like, "Thanks for (laughs) ruining Peter Bjorn and John for me." Oh yeah, we're all we're all bumping the the young. I like that song. Anyways, um, what did they were they just sitting around and they're like, guys, check this out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, okay, yeah, we know you're a racist, Carl. No, check this out. 
They're, whoa. So much different. Now you got something. Yeah, right. I also really liked um, the, so right at the sequence, right after uh, Jackie Chan learns the, the, the style, um, he finds the guy who fights with the stick again, just kind of randomly. Yeah. And um, they have a really great fight. And I, I enjoy that fight because we can tell through uh, his fighting that he's really learned these different styles and he's gotten better. But he hasn't changed. No, no, no. He's still kind of he is a trickster is. and a jerk. And yeah, I don't know. Like that guy's like catering a wedding or something like that, and he yeah. just trashes the place. So. I know. Is that the scene in the bar when uh, Jean Claude is like doing his dance? Oh yeah! Wow. <laughs> and or, or is that the Iron Head Rat scene? Uh. <laughs> because like just adding to the evidence against. Jean-Claude Van Damme, as if it matters, it's homage or whatever. Yeah, but, right. But he is like, he, he takes him to the bar and gets him drunk. And then he's like, if you can if you can kickbox while you're drunk, then you really know what you're doing. Hmm. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. But the, that's a little Not different really. because <laughs> that's like his master did that, right? And like with the Ironhead rat scene, like him and his master were just going out to have fun. They weren't looking yeah, for but, a fight, but a fight found them. But Suachi doesn't go like, let's get out of here. Or just like, you oh, know, no, 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 no. He doesn't run the, for a fight. Knock the guy out or something like oh, that. No, no, He's no, just no. like, yeah, go ahead. So maybe it would be Take that it for a scene. walk. See what yeah, happens. Right. <laughs> well, and I, the one thing I like about that fight scene, too, is that they kind of um, fight with, they, they, they kind of team up. It's kind of like a team fight against Ironhead Rat. You know, the Iron Head Rat guy. And um, and the Master is, he's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it boozes his spinach. Um, yeah, what is up with the, like, uh, when, so he can't fight if he's not drunk? That's kind of what No, he needs. has the DTs. He's, he is an alcoholic. Yeah. He needs to be okay. low, at least low-level buzz the whole time. Grandpa has a problem. Well, I was going to say, though, like, this movie kind of makes alcoholism look like it's a fun thing. Like, it doesn't... Well, there's also a lot of sit-ups. Like, a yeah, lot of sit-ups. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not just alcoholism. There's alone. a guy... The guy that tries to beat him up, who's the second of the young master that he beats up uh, in the thing... He doesn't look like him at all, but he reminded me of Matt Berry. And then it made me think if, like, if we if we still <laughs> dubbed uh, cheesy kung fu's with like cheesy voices, he'd be perfect for that. Oh my god! He could have a whole career in that. Oh my god! You know? Yes, yes. I'll hit you with ten strikes. <laughs> you know, he would be that guy. Um, one thing I, I thought hope your that, son is born without an ass. One thing that I thought was interesting about that guy's fighting style, and maybe th- I'm guessing this was a choice. And if he hasn't sung the touch, we got to get to him. I want to hear yes. Matt. Yes, you got the touch. He would be so good at that. Write him a memo. I'm between him. Yeah, go, you should. Go ahead. Um, that, but that one guy, like when he's fighting Jackie Chan, he part of his style is like. He doesn't look at him in the eyes like the entire time. They, like, a lot of them do that. He's like like looking off to the side and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think eye contact is dangerous in kung fu. I guess. Well, that's it. We gotta go because it's over. It's over. Yeah. So uh, stay dry. Yeah. And stay and healthy safe. and stay safe. <laughs>